0: Hello and welcome to Your Intention Matters, the podcast. My name is Paul Madat. I uh, hope everybody's having a great day. I'm excited about this episode. I have Aaron Gerber. He is VP Sales at Pinnacle Logistics Solutions. Aaron,
1: welcome. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Absolutely,
0: Aaron. Listen, say hi to everybody and a quick intro into yourself.
1: Hello, my name is Aaron. Um, I am one of the managing partners and the vice president of sales with Pinnacle Logistics Solutions. I'm interested for this con. I'm excited about this conversation and looking forward to diving into some sales topics. Well, I'm looking forward to having
0: you on as well. You've, you've got a, a pretty fascinating story, and uh, and so if you're ready to go, let's get started. Let's go. Okay. So the title of the podcast is Your Intention Matters. As we've been discussing, it really stems from mindset and intention and nothing has really been handed to you in your career thus far, but you've been able to create this and all starts from up here. And so let's go back to um, Ryerson, Um, mid 2000s, 2006, 2007. You graduate, if I have this right, a common in business management at the time. Uh, You're getting ready to start your career in uh, 2007. Do I have that right? That's right. Okay, yeah. so 2007. Yeah, I into the
1: financial crisis in 2008. I, I 2008.
0: was just going to say that. I mean, so you're getting ready to start your career where unfortunately many of us in the world at that time, 2007 and 2008, what was a, a 24-month, 18-month stretch that a lot of people unfortunately would want to forget. Yeah. Uh, because of the mortgage crisis. And uh, anyways, people who went through remember that. So um, talk to me about how you were feeling when you were graduating. Um, what did you think you would be doing with your career? And just talk to me about what, what was your vision back then?
1: Yeah, it was, um, it was, it was definitely a, a time when there was a, a shift that took place in my understanding of the world. So I, I had been running one of those student painting franchises leading into that point. And I was tremendously successful with it. It was an exciting time in my life. I was running a whole bunch of crews of painters and I was breaking all kinds of records for the franchise office. It was a lot of fun. And so I was full of piss and vinegar and I had every expectation that the rest of my career was just going to launch and take off in the same manner. And that's not what happened. So I, I I graduated from Ryerson. I had I had kind of dedicated a period of time to the franchise office with this painting franchise company and, and doing some coaching and supporting some younger guys as they were up and coming. But that chapter had ended and then it was 2008 and we were right in the middle of it. And I was um, and I was trying to, to, to transition from painting houses um, to what I thought would be a more sustainable, more long-term career. At the time I thought that that was gonna be software sales. And uh, I met an interesting guy named Jean Soulier he was the vice president of a company called Netsuite at the time, and uh, through a, a roundabout way, I ended up interviewing with, with Jean, and, and, and Jean pretty much told me in no uncertain terms that I wasn't going to get this job, and 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 here I was, I I, I thought I'd been nailing the interview to this point. It's exactly what you wanted to hear, right? He tells me that I'm not going to win this job. He says, "Listen, I've got a lineup of people. This is uh, this is very common for 2008. So I've got a lineup of people with." more experience than you have. You're going to have a run rate of, of six or eight months. These people are going to hit the ground running. He goes, you're not winning this job. But two weeks later, he had actually left NetSuite and he called me up and he, ca- he called me up and he said, listen, I wasn't going to share this with you while we were in the interview because that would be bad form. But I've left the company. I'm, um, I'm actually uh, buying into a, a small transportation company based out of um, Montreal, he said, you, you, actually, you actually impressed me so much during the interview process. I'm not gonna offer you a job at Netsuite. I actually don't even have that as a lever I can pull right now, but um, I'm gonna offer you a job in transportation. Have you, thought, you know, have you thought about that as an industry? And of course I, I had no clue, but, um, but I was impressed by Jean. I, he was a young guy and he had done extremely well in his career. And even though he had kind of handed my ass to me in that initial interview, um, I was really, I was really struck by him, and so I found myself making the choice um, to pack up my life and to move to, move to Montreal. Um, and two weeks later, I was living in his guest house. For real? No, 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 no joke.
0: And so, and, and so, so what was the name of the company that he founded and that you uh, worked for?
1: So he had bought into the company, and uh, the company was called CV Logistics. Okay. There was another owner named Derek Vincent um, who's, uh, who's a close friend still. And, uh, and that's where I cut my teeth in the transportation industry. And it was really my, you know, outside of knocking on doors and, and, um, and, uh, offering to paint people's houses. That was really where I cut my teeth in sales.
0: And how long did you do that for Aaron?
1: Oh, geez. I think, I think that that would have been, um, two years in Montreal, one year in Oakville, Ontario, we, I, I, I kind of graduated, we opened up a branch in Oakville, um, some good things were happening, and then I, I moved on shortly after that.
0: Was was the decision to, to move to Montreal, um, you know, given that you're more of a, a, you know, Southern Ontario guy, Toronto based in the GTA area, was that a difficult decision for you or was it just, no, I'm in, whatever it takes?
1: Hmm. I'm transporting myself back to that time. It was more of an in, I'm in, Yeah. no matter what it takes. Yeah.
0: Did, did you like Montreal? Two very different cities Toronto, on Montreal. Did you like it? I loved it. You did. I loved it too. It's a great city. Yeah. Yeah.
1: And I have some really fantastic memories from, from my time there. My, my wife and I were dating at the time and and we had some really special Experiences. I was I was renting a, a two story loft in Montreal, right downtown, for a price that would blow your mind.
0: <laughs> did Did you meet in Montreal, or were were you dating before you moved?
1: We were dating before I moved. Did she come with you? She did. Wow. How How did that happen? It didn't happen right away. Um, <laughs> it was a number of conversations later, but um, that was uh, that was all part of the journey that led us to marriage.
0: All right. That's okay. So you're, you're working for this company for the better part of four years, combination of picking up, moving to Montreal, and then coming right. back to the GTA area. Um, and you know, the, the person that, that you know, brought you in uh, believed in you. Um, what was your, what, or I should say, what was this? What was behind your decision to leave? I can't imagine that was the easiest of choices.
1: You know what? It was just an answering of the bell that's really, that's really all it was. It was, I, I felt that bell ringing inside me saying, you got to do this. You got to, you know, and, and I'm not to say, this is not to say that I, I, I always answer the bell, but there are these distinct moments in your life when you, when you recognize with conviction that you're being called to something. And, um, may, perhaps it was just a function of the, of the environment and the fact that, that, there was nobody else that was knocking on my door offering me a job. Um, that may have had something to do with it too.
0: <laughs> okay, so so where did you go? What was next?
1: Yeah, so so after my time at CV, there was um, there was a sense that that my pro- my projections for growth weren't going to be what what I thought they might be. And that's no that's no um, that's no slight against the owners at CV. They, they're they're amazing people and and still close friends to this day. But their, their, um, their investment was really in, in the Montreal market. Um, I had kind of forced their hand in some ways by, by having them open up an Ontario office, which of course was my, um, me taking the, trying to take control of this path that I was on. Mm. I wanted to be back in Ontario and, uh, and they wanted to keep me. Um, so not, not all of that arrangement fit. There was some, we were forcing some things. And so it became clear that it was time to move on. So at that point in time, I just, I just wanted to go to an industry giant. I wanted to go and, and, and learn from the best CV logistics was a medium sized firm and, uh, the quality of their work was really good, but, but I wanted to, I wanted to see how the really big guys did it. So I, um, so I interviewed around and I, I had a number of job offers to choose between, and then I chose challenger motor freight had, um, had one really prosperous year with them. Um, and then had an offer I just couldn't refuse. It was, uh, it was a VP of sales role with a company called Cardinal, and uh, they had a, a sales team of almost 30 people, including customer service, and I was responsible for the whole gamut.
0: Uh, w- with so with your felt- move to Cardinal, did um, did you raise your hand, or did,
1: or did they find you? Um, I had a relationship with some of the board members at Cardinal, and, um, and they had some reasons why they wanted to bring in a, a vice president of sales. Previously, they, they had that whole whole team kind of funneling up to a director of sales and um, and they wanted to add a vice president of sales so they reached out to me and said you know um, we think it's time for you to come and, and, and join us here and, and and I was a little bit taken back because my 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 intention was to actually spend three or four years with Challenger really learn their best practices really um, build my name mm. within the marketplace there um, but it was it, it all it all works out the way it works out for whatever reason it does. Um, my business partners today were from Challenger. So that one year period where I um, that I spent at Challenger that was where I met my business partners, and uh, and that's proven to be um, probably the most transformative piece of my, my my career thus far.
0: Your 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 time at Cardinal was that your first uh, real opportunity at management leadership. Versus it was. being, was it okay? So I'm always, yeah. I'm always fascinated by that because, you know, I for anybody who listens to, to this podcast series knows that I worked at Xerox for about a decade, and I've said this before on multiple podcast episodes previous that I was a sales manager there, and it was I was so ineffective at it. I just I, I, <laughs> I can easily say that now looking back on it, uh, and so yeah. but one of the struggles that I had when I moved into a managerial role. Uh, versus an individual contributor role was that now my income was somewhat dependent upon others. And I struggled with that uh, because right. I, I was so used to just, you know, I was siloed. I had my own territory. Let me just go do my thing. And yeah. all of a sudden it was very different, very different skill set, very different job. And so um, you seem to uh, have taken to that.
1: Oh, I don't know. I don't know. You, you mentioned struggling with the fact that there's a team and 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 the fact that it's just more dynamic and more complex. I struggled with a whole lot more than that. There was a lot about that role that, that, um, that I struggled with. I, so it, it, excuse me, it wasn't the first time when I had been introduced to sales management, when I opened up the office for CV logistics in Oakville, that was really the first time that I I had a small team under me. We had, we we were hiring, we we had big plans for the future that didn't end up materializing, but um, I, I was functioning as a, as, as a sales manager at, at that point in time for a, a satellite office where the operations were happening over here. And we were kind gotcha. of over here. Um, but, but the job, taking the position at Cardinal, that was definitely diving into the deep end. Yeah, It was, it was a big team. Um, it, was a, it was, it was, it um, was spread nationally, you know, Card- Cardinal's a, a national organization. So, so it was managing that. Um, it was customer service, it was marketing, it was the whole thing. And a lot of that stuff I was doing for the first time.
0: All right. So you, so at this point in your career, you've really had you know multiple experiences. One with, I, I wouldn't say necessarily a startup, but a, but maybe like you're, you're in a different world. You have your ability to really build and create. You're in Montreal, you come back to Toronto, and you have that. And then you decide, no, wait a second, I want to get a different experience. I want to go to a couple of the big boys. You go to Challenger, you go to Cardinal. you get that. And mm. so I'm always interested when somebody chooses to move on from an industry leader because you must have had a long runway within that organization. I, I'm making that up in my head, but I imagine you probably did. And so, you're talking about Challenger or Cardinal right I'm now? I'm talking about Cardinal or even both, maybe even Challenger. But when you're working for a large organization, sometimes there's lots of long term opportunities because just the company allows for that. And, right. and so um, what, what, what was the fire inside of you that said, no, no, I, I, I got to do something different here and talk to me about your decision to ultimately, uh, you know, partner with those that uh, are at Pinnacle and how did that happen?
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, my, t- my time at Cardinal was, was, um, was a real opportunity for, for growth. Like it was a lot of growth being crammed into a three year period and there was a lot of exciting stuff. But I really feel like I, I really was only getting good at my job near near year two. It took me that long to really find a way to be effective. And, and that, that there's a lot of reasons for that, that you know that particular um, company is, 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 is fairly complex and how to sell their service is fairly complex. And so there's that, but there's personality things that were wrapped into that. There was the scale and the size of the team that was wrapped into that. There was some cultural stuff that was wrapped into that. Um, but when, when I left Cardinal, um, there was, there, it it wasn't all rainbows and roses, you know, like there was, um, there was certainly a a path for me to continue forward, but also there was this sense that this may not be the right fit for me. This might, and and maybe perhaps not me for them as well. Mm. And, um, and as you know, I was wrestling with all of that, um, my, my current business partner, Frank DeVries. He had reached out to me and he had he had indicated that he was interested in making a change in his career. And as part of that, his son, Sean DeVries, um, who was also a challenger at the time, the two of them kind of together were were interested in making um, in making a change. And so the original conversation was, hey, just can you help me make can you help me strategize this, Aaron? Can we can we talk about what this could look like and and you know what I should be doing with my career? And as we were having those conversations, it became so evident to me that, that Frank should be in, in business for himself. And so I offered to help Frank with the numbers. I offered to help him put together a business plan and, and so on and so forth. And through that process, I really fell in love with, with the path that Frank had ahead of him. And I said, Frank, man, I, I can't let you do this by yourself. This looks like too much fun. And he said, Aaron, I've been hoping you would say that. So, um, so that's kind of how that unfolded. And, uh, it was, it was, it was a humble year to two years, uh, out of the gate. Um, but we've turned a corner in a big way and uh, I'm feeling very fortunate, very grateful that, that, that life has taken me down this path.
0: Well, congrats on what you've been able to create thus far. Uh, and so Aaron, you know, I'd be remiss if I didn't ask you, you know, we're recording this session right now, early May. And the world is, you know, going through what we're going through right now. Um, how are things with you? Uh, how's your family? How's business? How's it impacting? And how, how are you, you handling the entire, you know, COVID, Corona, isolation? And uh, how, how are you doing with that right now?
1: Yeah, it's a mis- mixed bag, isn't it? You know, um, I've set my I've set my intention. I know um, towards towards thriving through this time. From a business perspective, we're great. Um, and I don't say that we're great because we're not impacted by COVID. I think, I think we all are, um, but we have this really exceptional team and it's been part of our makeup from the jump to be, um, to be nimble and to be flexible. That's one of the, um, that's one of the reasons our, our, our clients like us as much as they do is because of our ability to be entrepreneurial and, mm. and to shift as, as uh, market conditions um, insist. So this is this is just kind of that on steroids, where that has always been true for us. It's it it, it it's the it's those principles that are kind of, um, we're, we're finding ourselves very accountable to them now. So uh, you know we have a team of nine people. They're they're all stellar. They're all incredibly intelligent, and um, with each individual, they are shape, shaping and shifting the company. In a manner where we can really thrive through this period and do right by our customers. It's not that our customers don't have needs; it's that our customers' needs have changed, and so we're we're just adapting to those changes day by day. And because we're a smaller firm, we're able to do that.
0: Well, that's great to hear, and I'm glad to hear that uh, on on all fronts you're managing it as best you can, and nobody is other than maybe the perceived inconvenience of what we're trying to do and finding a new way to exist it doesn't sound like you're really being impacted negatively nobody has it and and so forth so i'm glad to hear that and congrats on what you've been able to create i mean you talked about um, you know, you feel fortunate and that that this happened, but I think it's because you were intentional about it. It didn't just fall in your lap, and you were able to make it. And I'm glad to hear that you're on a pretty good glide path. What did you say to me before we started recording? You're, you 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 expect to be considered or up there for a recognition this year? And I forget what it was. I'm sorry.
1: Yeah, um, that's. I'm not sure if I want that on the on the podcast, but that would be the McLean's. Um, that would be the McLean's. Fastest-growing transportation company of 2020.
0: Then, then don't worry about that. I'll, I'll I'll get that part out. Don't worry about it. All, All right. good. Yeah, no problem. Okay. Um, so, Aaron, let me ask you this then. Um, I always like to ask um, any guest that comes on, if they had one piece of advice for anybody listening, whether it be business advice or just life advice, something that, say, Aaron, listen, I'm looking for some advice here. What would you share? Anything that's stuck with you over the years that has been maybe your mantra that you're go-to that's helped you?
1: Yeah. Yeah, well, I mean, it really is the story of my career personally. Um if I if I were to track that entire journey um and still today where I'm where I'm at today, I think what uh, what would be really evident is um this tension between having an uh, having an an ideology around what it is to be an entrepreneur, what it looks like, what I'm going to own, you know, the, the amount of money I'm going to have coming in. All all of these all of these, um, I'll call them destinations. And, um, and, and I've learned, I've learned over time that, um, it's, it's about, it's about the path and that the, for me, focusing on that destination and and trying to maintain control of that destination has been problematic. Um, but, but instead shifting my path,
0: Mm
1: -hmm. uh, where the, the, the term entrepreneurial is more about a lifestyle and more about a, um, a pursuit of reciprocity, if you will. Got it. You know, I think that, I think that, that, you know, capitalism and, and the free market, it, it gets a bad rap, but it's one of the only places where we have this like really efficient and effective mechanism for if I solve your problems, I get rewarded. And, um, and I think that, you know, as, as an entrepreneur, there's kind of a posture to that, at least a posture that I'm trying to, uh, attain. And that posture is how can I be most helpful for my clients? And the rest of it seems to, seems to flow out of that in abundance. Um, and I, I, I for me, that's been the story. It's been about letting go of the, of, for me, the vision boards and, the, the I will be here and I will do this and I will. Here's all the things that I'm looking forward to about my future life as a successful entrepreneur and more about just committing myself to this daily practice of finding ways to be helpful to my customers. And with that comes a level of curiosity about finding ways to be helpful to my customers. And that curiosity is what helps me pick up the phone every day and call new customers. It's a posture that actually fuels and creates a different brain state for me that, um, that, that, is really at the at the foundation of every success that I've ever had.
0: Well, Aaron, I really appreciate you taking the time to share your story and uh, it's, congrats again on what you've been able to create thus far. I think on that note and on that uh, final piece of advice, um, I think it's time to wrap this one up.
1: Thanks for having me on, Paul.
0: Absolutely. Uh, and so everybody, again, thanks to everybody for taking the time to listen. Remember that your intention matters because that's the result that you'll tend to get. We're out of here and uh, we'll see you next week. Be safe, everybody.